Solutions, broadcasting from the Pods Moving and Storage Studio. It's the Ramsey Show, where debt is dumb, cash is king, and the paid-off home mortgage has taken the place of the BMW as the status symbol of choice. We help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, number one best-selling author, host of the Ken Coleman Show, where he talks about getting the job that you love, making the money that you should make, and uh, all things jobs and career. And you got questions about that, jump in. He's here to help. And we're going to talk about your life and your money. It's what we always do. The phone number is 888-825-5225. Dan is in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Hi, Dan. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hello, Dave and crew. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. What's up? So here's my situation. I'm 61 years old. I'm going to be 62 in January. I'll be retiring from corporate America. I'm married 42 years. I purchased a home in Pennsylvania this past April while my New York home was up for sale. And for that Pennsylvania home, I got a 30-year variable rate mortgage for $495,000. And it's currently fixed at 2.8% for the next 10 years with a payment of 2700 a month. I sold my New York home shortly after I closed on the PA home. So my question is, should I take the 500000 from the sale of my New York home and pay off the Pennsylvania mortgage, or should I invest that 500000 in a managed Fidelity Vanguard or some other index fund and use that interest on the five hundred k to pay off the PA home at least for the next 10 years and then reassess the situation? Because I have no debt other than that PA mortgage my wife and I should be bringing home about 11000 a month when we retire as I have a pension and I got $1.1 in my 401k, which is mostly sitting in cash money market now. Why? What should I do? Why is it in cash and money markets? Um, well, you know, I've had it invested in index funds for two, 25 years, and I've done well that And they're on I've sale made, right now. I'm nervous with the, I mean, had I had that in there where the market's losing 20% this year. So that's what scared me. Uh, I, I, I dabbled back in uh, about a month ago. I put the 300,000 into the market again, split it in index funds, small, medium, large, uh, cap index funds, yeah. 33 and a third. So I, I don't know. Yeah, I, don't I know think the market's on, Hey, I'm, I'm your age and I think the market's on sale. I haven't taken any out and I'm putting money in. I think it's a good buy right now. So you can do what you want to do, but I wouldn't have a million one sitting on the sidelines making no money. That'd drive me nuts. Um, now, what about the mortgage? I pay it off tomorrow. And not use the interest on that. You, you've asked this question, suggesting the answer yeah. six times. Um, and so you really don't want to pay off the mortgage. You really want to invest it. But let me tell you why I'm telling you to pay it off. Okay. In our study of 10,000 millionaires that are sitting about where you're sitting, the vast majority of them were between one and three million dollar net worth, which is exactly where you're sitting. Uh, we found right. we did not find any of them that said not one, not a single one that said the way I became a millionaire was borrowing on my home to invest in the stock market. None of them said that. And effectively, that is your question, isn't it? Should, yes, should exactly. I borrow on my home at 2.8% and invest in index funds? Oh, wait, I've got a million one on the sidelines because I'm scared of the market, and I don't think it's going to do that well. You're talking out of both sides of your mouth. You answered my question. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're, hey, Dan, listen, here's the thing. 
uh, if I were in your shoes, and I, I and I am in the sense that we're about the same age, I would be a hundred percent debt free, and I'd get back in the market uh, with the other money, and you're going to have a great life. The sense of peace that you have when you have zero debt is not definable with mathematics. And you've worked your butt off and you have done a great job of building a high quality retirement. Dude, you're a stud. You have killed this. And I'm just, I've used your principles. I've been putting 13% of my salary away for 28 years. (laughs) And you're, and you're a baby steps millionaire an everyday millionaire. You, You know, you, you, nobody gave you any money. You're the guy that got up, left the cave, killed something, and dragged it home. You showed up at work when you didn't feel like it and got stuff done. You got grit. You're that guy. That's how you got where you are. I know that about you because I can tell it. I can see it in the numbers. You don't get where you are being a, a melting snowflake, okay? You get where you are grinding and, and, and showing up and being a man of honor and a man of duty. And that that's who you are. Am I wrong? That's what I did. Yeah. And so it it wasn't, it wasn't fancy and it wasn't sexy and all your get rich quick friends thought you were slow, but you weren't slow. You kicked all of them's butt because here you sit with it, probably about a $2 million net worth, give or take. And, and, and you did it, man. So I, I want you to enjoy this season where you've lived like no one else. You've paid a price. Now you get to live and give like no one else and not having a mortgage while you're on vacation somewhere around the world with your wife, enjoying your 42 years of marriage. Um, it's, it's a different thing, man. And I want that for you. I want that sense of peace, that sense of power. Um, we don't need to arbitrage your home. We don't need to leverage your home for you to win. You won. You already won. Yeah. And I love the advice that you give because I just walked through that scenario. And he's got a house that's right at, uh, he didn't tell us, he told us what the mortgage is. It's probably worth more than the 495 way more than that. And so now all of a sudden, we, with having no debt, you have this asset that's extremely valuable. If you need to liquidate, it's there. Not to mention he's invested, you know, yeah. and he's done so he's much. It is, it. Yeah. No, he's not going to need it. But that's the whole idea is to not carry the debt at all. This idea of, well, I'm going to pay my mortgage off with the yeah. interest what's the temptation to follow that you're going to have twenty thousand he's got eleven thousand dollars already coming in and when he puts that million one to work and creates another ten fifteen thousand bucks a month yeah he's gonna have twenty twenty five thousand dollars a month to live on and have no payments this sounds like a good life to me i like your life yeah, it sounds like the american dream Dave. and i'm proud it's of you dead. i'm proud of you man he's I, he's who we're trying to get people to be a hundred percent he's the poster child yeah yeah well, neither one of us are children anymore, but yeah. It's a poster something. It's a metaphor. We're, we're, we're poster somethings, Ken, but you we're guys, not sure which. You guys are young still. <laughs> I think you got to get to 80, 85 before you can call yourself old in today's world. Uh, just the older I get, the older. My grandpa, when he was 80, he kept talking about this guy down the street. He said, that old man. And I'm like, grandpa, you're 80. He goes, yeah, but he's older than me. He's an old man. So That's true. no matter how old you get, somebody older. Uh, hopefully (laughs) (laughs) well at some point you run out of candidates though (laughs) Uh, listen that guy dan dan you're a stud man i'm so proud of you and i would just enjoy this and uh don't overthink it you didn't get here by overthinking it you got here by executing steady rhythm you stuck with it the grit that's how you got here just keep doing that not by trying to get fancy this is the ramsey show 
Hey guys, it's Rachel Cruz here to tell you about a faith-based alternative to health insurance that can make healthcare more affordable. Christian Healthcare Ministries. CHM allows members to share each other's healthcare costs and it's as easy as one, two, three. Step one, choose the healthcare provider you want. Step two, submit your eligible bills. And step three, get reimbursed. CHM members take care of your eligible medical bills. With no network and the freedom to choose your healthcare provider, CHM is the best option for Christians who want to take care of their families and help other believers. Find out more at chministries.org slash budget. That's chministries.org slash budget. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, best-selling author, is my co-host today of the book From Paycheck to Purpose. How many of you listening to the show today wish you'd learned how to handle money the right way when you were in high school? Yeah, me too. (laughs) Think of all the money mistakes that would have never happened. Well, parents, even though you can't go back in time, you can make sure your teens learn how to handle their money now while they're in school like how to budget, how to save, how to spend wisely, how to avoid debt. Foundations in Personal Finance is the homeschool curriculum we put together here at Ramsey. It'll give your teens the tools they need to win with money, to pay cash for college, to stay out of debt. And it's not just another homeschool curriculum. It is a life-changing course that will completely transform how your teens think about money. So give your teens the money skills they need now for the rest of their lives foundations in personal finance homeschool curriculum find out more at ramseysolutions.com slash homeschool annie is with us annie is in raleigh north carolina hi annie welcome to the ramsey show hi y'all thank you for taking the call sure what's up my uh, my father-in-law's family owned a property that uh, the home was demolished because it had fallen into disrepair we thought that the property would sit there forever because it's not in a desirable neighborhood. But then we received a property sale agreement for the property saying they would pay us about $5,000 for the property after they pay all the liens, escrow taxes, recording fees, all of that. We thought that this sounded like a great deal, but they haven't done a title search. We don't have the money to do a title search unless we use our emergency fund so we think that this is going to fall through but we don't know if we need to do a title search and try to resolve this property with the other heirs there's no money that we know of to be made off of it because of the liens and um, taxes that have are back taxes at this point we just don't know what to do. We don't want to use our emergency fund, but we... It's not your responsibility. Kind of it's not your money. Okay. It's not your responsibility. Okay. It's not your property. Okay. Is it? No, it is still in the grandmother's name. Yeah. Well, but I'm saying... And, it, and she didn't have a will. Right. It has not gone through probate. Okay. When did she die? 2002. Good Lord. Okay. And how many heirs does she have? Um, my husband would be the one on this side, and then there is a son on the other side that is still living. There's only two people? Right, because the 
other son is still alive. The property owner's son is still alive on one side, and then he has all of his kids. And then my husband was the only surviving child of the owner's oh, okay. family. So there's only two. Surviving child. Right. The his he has brothers and sisters that passed. Did they have kids? He had a brother that passed in two thousand nine and never had children. Okay. All right. Then yeah, then those are the two heirs, it sounds like. So both of them ought to be able to get together and sign a deed, shouldn't they? They but doesn't it have to go to pr- through probate to Uh ask a title just, company in your state, I'm not sure. Okay. Two thousand two. If you can just, uh, both of you sign affidavits that you're the only heirs and you sign it, um, not sure it'll be good enough for title policy, but, uh, but you can probably transfer the title depending on where you, your state, I don't know your state's laws that well. So, well, um, they are advertising this property for sale. The company that reached out to us, how are they, they advertising the it for sale? They don't own it. I don't know, but I accidentally found it on Zillow one day. Yeah. Well, you need were. to call them and tell them not to advertise it for sale since they don't own it. Okay. If they want to buy so, and close on it, then they can put it up for sale. But we shouldn't use our emergency fund. No, you should not use any money. Okay. You should the, buy, the just let the buyer pay the cost to have the title searched and have them place it with a title company. And if the title company can tell you whether you've got to run it through probate, and if they want to run it through probate, they can pay the cost for that. It's not worth okay. it. It's not worth anything. It's not going to put any money in your pocket. Okay. You Thank told you. me we that. Are, right. And we are, we are living paycheck to paycheck except for our very small. Do not pay any money for a transaction okay. here. Okay. The only thing you want to do is have your husband and his, his, his uh, uncle, I guess it is, or whatever it is, sign a deed and get money. That's the only thing we want to do here. There's no okay. other transaction. There's no other calories, but let the people know they don't need to be advertising the property unless, uh, unless they want to close on it and they need to go to the title company and the title company can tell them whether they need to go through probate or not. Okay. But you're, yeah, they, they should stop. <laughs> they don't need to be advertising something they don't own. Oh, these goobs. But, um, it sounds like it's more trouble than it's worth. I think I just forget about it and move on with my life. It doesn't sound like by the time you finish all this, you're going to end up with anything except a bunch of worry and headaches. Do not write any checks under any circumstances for this property. It is not your problem. It's someone else's problem. That's simple. Virginia is with us in Orlando. Hi, Virginia. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi. Thank you so much for taking the call. Sure. What's up? I, I, well, I called back in March and got through and had asked some advice about paying down my mortgage, making a rather large $50,000 pay down on my mortgage. And after some discussion, uh, we all came to the realization that that was a good idea. So I did. And I've still been aggressively paying on my mortgage um, while putting money towards my emergency fund and savings. And then last week, I found out that my position at work is being eliminated. Hmm. So I have a couple of options. I had planned on working another seven to 10 years, continuing to build up retirement. So I can look for another position. I've got about 40 days to do that. Yep. Or 
I can take the severance package. I've been there over 35 years. I can take the severance package and early retirement, utilize my retirement benefits for insurance, et cetera. Um, and I do have a 401k through work as well as a, a small beneficiary IRA. How old are you? Just, um, I'm 55. Okay. You can't access the 401k. Um, and I don't I'm know fine. why you can't take retirement right, package yet. severance and go get a job. Well, I can't go get a, a, so I think I can take the severance package in retirement. Yeah. Together. Um, I do have a pension through my employer and I think I can access that. Yep. Um, and I ran just the estimator on it. If I took it as a single life annuity, it would be 1400 and change a month. I would if take I it as a lump senior, sum and roll it into an IRA and not take it and go get a job. Ah, it's both and. Well, and that was going to be my that was going to be my question. So, my first option is the the monthly option. Nope. Or I can take the lump sum, which is like three hundred and change. Yep. Roll that into an IRA and keep working. So I can take severance and early retirement. Yep. And then go out and get another job. Yep. Yes. You weren't ready to be out to pasture, and I'm not putting you out to pasture. <laughs> and this is the, well, hey, I, Virginia. This is known as a win-win. Yeah. If you look it's at like it a that signing way. bonus into the next deal. <laughs> well, but it's going to be a highly taxed signing bonus because it's being paid as a lump sum. What the retirement or the severance? The, the severance. Well, good. Take it. So it's what you know, signing bonuses are taxable. Yeah, I'd go get a job, kiddo. No question. What'd you do? Yeah, this fast forwards everything. Yeah. Everything. Paying off the house faster. Got a big bunch of money and just extra stuff, extra money. Oh, darn. Fire me again, please. (laughs) This is the Ramsey Show. Are you sick of planned obsolescence? You know, when companies make products crappy, so you have to buy more of their crappy products? Well, me too. And it's why I love companies like Grip6. Grip6 is all about quality products meant to last forever. That's why they're comfortable, bulk-free belts, slimline wallets, and lightweight wool socks all come with a lifetime warranty and simple returns and exchanges. So check them out at Grip6.com today and get up to 20% off with the promo code RAMSEY. Christmas America. Kent Coleman, Ramsey personality, is my co-host. Jordan is in Greenville, South Carolina. Hi, Jordan. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi. Um, I owe $11,000 on a car that doesn't run, and I can't afford to fix it, and I really don't know what to do. 
Ouch. Why can't you afford to fix it? Um, I just don't have the money. All right, follow-up question. Why don't you have any money? <laughs> well, I am working. Um, it's just a car that I got back in high school, and my parents were getting me the car, but um, I'm having to pay for it. Mm-hmm. And um, How I much would it cost to fix? $10,000. Who said? Um, we've got lots of estimates around my area, and it's been to multiple body shops. Um, really oh, so you got you got in a wreck and didn't have insurance? No. Um, basically, they've told me the make and model of my car is is not working anymore. Like they put a bad piston in it, and well, that, you don't go to a body shop for engines. that. That would be a mechanic, well, I, I not a body shop. You all kinds of mechanics and people. Okay. So, uh, what do you get? What do you make a year? Um, monthly about fifteen hundred to eighteen hundred. What do you do? I'm an interior designer and a chef at a uh, fine dining restaurant. No, you're a sous chef. Yes, sous chef. Yes. Yeah, chefs don't make eighteen hundred. Okay, um, at fine dining anyway. Um, so, what are you? Twenty three. Twenty two. I'm sorry. Twenty two. Twenty two. Okay, good guess, Dave. Like you've done this before. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and you have a roommate, or you live at home? Um, I live at home. So you don't have overhead. And you bring in. No, I don't. You bring in eighteen hundred a month. Where does that money go? Um, I've been paying off my car with it, um, saving it. I have about uh, four thousand five hundred saved up. I'm. I just recently signed up for Financial Peace University, and um, I'm on baby step two. Good for you. But I still owe eleven thousand. I got. Yeah, and that's is that your only debt? Is your car? Um, I have $1,000 in medical bills. Okay, good, good. Okay. And you're working a lot. Yes. (laughs) And not making any money. No. The life of a chef, a sous chef. Okay. Um, (laughs) Yeah, an an assistant. Yeah, yeah. Um, Are you putting in more than 40 hours? Um, I'm not, I'm not sure because how are you getting to work? I think, um, I'm borrowing my mom's car right now because her and my stepdad work at the same job. Okay. All right. Well, it sounds like you've got a wonderful support system. You've got a place to live while you fight your way through Mm -hmm. this and you've just got a, a, a horrible car situation. You're being very smart. You're taking a class on how to handle money. Very smart. Uh, you saved up $4,500. Very smart. Uh, so mm-hmm. the weak spot in your story, me looking in from the outside, is your income. Mm-hmm. You don't make any money. Yeah. So um, your is your dream to be a fine dining chef? 
No, I went to school for interior design, and when I got out of school, I um, instantly went into um, a design company where I am now the designer's assistant. But um, and that's your day job. You cannot me. Yes. And, and what do you make? Um, what do you make at that? Fifteen an hour. This it's the same amount, but that is um, under the table because. I'm just her assistant. Like she works by herself. Okay. So two different areas of your life. We've got to work on your long-term play is you need a path for interior design. That's not $15 part-time under the table. I just, um, I did get my degree in interior design. Okay, great. So you, so you're completely underpaid and underemployed there. Mm -hmm. And in addition to that, your other job is an underpaid job as well, just by the nature of what it is. Uh, and so uh, what we've got to do is we've got to get your day job cooking better, better much better interior mm-hmm. design day job, and a much better night job, and sous chef's not it. Because you need three, four $4,000 a month coming in, and you can solve this problem real quick. Yeah. But you're, you're starving to death. Yeah. So – Let's let's work on the two sides of your career. The, go get a much better part-time job than sous chef. Sous chef's not your dream anyway. It's hard freaking work. It's hot back there. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it that's some of the hardest, thankless jobs. The chef gets all the credit, and you do all the work. Uh, mm-hmm. and most sous chefs are chef wannabes, and it's their dream to be a big-time chef. You don't even want to do that, and you're you say and so. With that in mind, that job sucks well, I completely. Have a passion for it. It's I know, but you need to you need to go do something where you make some money, kiddo. That's right. And now raise your sights in the interior design side of things. You've got a degree. You've got some experience. You're very creative as a sous chef. All that creativity is what you love. But Dave's right. You've got to say, I, if I've got to go work for a construction company and 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 stage rooms, I'm going to do that for a season. Well, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. That's good money doing that. That's right. Why? Because we want to get out of this financial hole. The good news is you're off and running on the baby steps. So glad you're doing that. But we're going to make the move right now to get stable in the now. And you're not in any way uh, forfeiting your dream uh, of interior design. So that's the key. Uh, you can always get back to that, but right now we've got to get more money coming in. That's going to change everything for you. Yeah. I want you to go pick up three jobs, a new interior design job that's a thousand times better than the one you got, and two part-time jobs that pay big money. And I want you to work all the time and get you three, four, five thousand dollars $5,000 a month coming in. And all of a sudden, this car issue will evaporate. And, um, uh, by the way, I'm not buying that you owe $11,000 on a car that needs $10,000 worth of repairs. I don't either. I, I'm just an old redneck that turns wrenches. And so don't believe it. I just don't believe it. And, uh, so I, I think, I think there's something else to do here. You may want to junk the car and uh, get what you can get for it with a little bit of work, but you probably get three or $4,000 for anything that's running. And, uh, and then just talk to the bank about you paying the difference and then work your way through that and go get you a junker car, a two or three, four thousand dollar car that you pay cash for, then start working your debts off. But you've got to work twice as much as you're working at much better jobs. That's the solution to your situation. And I, I need to hear more of a roar in your voice. You, you sound really, really, really 
uh, like you're 16. I want you to go, ah, get after it, kiddo. You've got some skills. And all this stuff keeps happening to you. And I want you to rise up and go happen to this stuff. You got some. You got some stuff. You can go do this. I agree. You know what? Here's a practical example of that that Dave's giving you here. Listen, get your dad or your uncle or friends that knows some good old boy that's been working on cars for longer than you've been alive times three, and have him look at it. Let's really dive into this thing. That's taking some action. Yeah, you got to happen to these things. You've kind of accepted one job, accepted another. No, you need to go get some stuff, and and that's going to put you in this situation. You need incomes. What you need bad and you need a better solution on the car than ten thousand dollars to fix it you know get it get it limping get it sold get out from under it move on to the next thing get your three thousand dollar car to drive this is the ramsey show Scripture of the day, Proverbs 21, 25. The desire of the sluggard kills him, for his hands refuse to labor. Jim Rohn says, successful people do what unsuccessful people are not willing to do. Don't wish it were easier. Wish you were better. Woo! Game on. Yeah, the legend dropping it. Yeah. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, my co-host today. Julie is in Dallas. Hi, Julie. How are you? Hi, Ken and Dave. Hey, what's up? Um, um, I'm good. So we are a newer military family. Um, we'll be leaving the Dallas area next May. Um, and we currently own a home here. Um, and so we're kind of wondering, do we sell the house yes. or do we keep it as a rental property? Okay. <laughs> no, you don't want a long-distance landlord. You don't want a long-distance landlord. Okay. Where are you moving to? Um, still unsure. Okay. Well, give me a guess. Uh, Georgia or Oklahoma. Okay. You're living in Georgia and you get ready to buy a rental house. You're going to buy a rental house in Georgia. You're going to buy one in Dallas. So the only way you ended up with a Dallas rental property was by default, not by plan. Okay. You you don't want to back into being uh, a landlord. You want to, you want the property within a, you know, within your city and you're within a driving range of your area, get dialed in there that kind of thing that's where you want it to be and so long distance landlording is um it's bad for business thanks for your service by the way we appreciate it all right it looks like robert's in los angeles hey robert welcome to the ramsey show hi thank you for uh, accepting my call um nervous uh okay so uh my my question is um i got um reached out to by a recruiter a third-party recruiter that this aerospace company hired i really love where i work but I don't know what questions to ask when I talk to this uh, direct hire position uh, recruiter. What do you love most about where you work? The people. Um, I, I, I'm a military. I used to be in the Army for five years, and now I work for the Space Force as a contractor. So I just love the, the space. You love and the, the space. The camaraderie. Would you say mm-hmm. that you love the work, or let's say 75% of your day, do you love what you're doing? 
Yes, yes, I would say so. I mean, it's... Um, Why would you leave? I, I think... It, uh, well, this new position is a leadership position, mm-hmm. and it's higher paying. Sure. So the reason I asked you, Robert, those first two questions is that is the base of the questions that you will ask this recruiter. And if you get in an interview process, your questions have to be determining if this new opportunity has all of the ingredients or has that list of the things that you love. You don't want to just take a leadership opportunity for the sake of taking the leadership opportunity if it is in a culture um, that doesn't have the kind of people that you love to be around, if it doesn't include the work that you love to do. Now, you don't want to be the leader of a bunch of doofuses. That's right. Or lead underneath people that are doofuses. So it's okay to kick the tires and have a conversation. But you ask what questions should you ask? Questions designed to get you the answers that you need to know, is this the kind of place that I'm in now? Is it similar enough to go, okay, this makes sense for the things that I care about? Yeah, leadership opportunity and money will both go away rapidly if you get into a toxic environment. Yes, and that that was my concern, and I'm trying to weed that out. Yeah. So here's some time. Take your time. Yeah, here's a couple sample questions to get to what you were actually identifying. So I would describe. I would ask a question like this: How would you describe the culture here? Is it open ended, so they can't give you a yes or no answer? And if they start doing that politics speak, you ever seen a politician on TV never answer the question? Yes. Okay. So hey, that's a bad sign because a healthy leader and a place where there's intentional culture, and you ask that question, two things happen. Number one, they give you a real description. And number two, they're impressed with the question that you asked. So that's one thing to determine. How do they, what's the culture like? How do you treat people? What, what do you as leaders value for the people that work here? Here's another sample question. Describe the person who wins in this organization. Same exact result. You're going to learn as much about them, and then they're going to be impressed uh, with the kind of question that you ask. So remember this, and I say this to people all the time, Dave. The interview process is just as much for you, the job seeker, as it is for the potential employer. Don't forget that. Yeah. And and listen, it is – how old are you? 33. It is at any age. Uh, so I'm 62. You're 33. There is not – you don't reach a point in your career or your life that someone reaching out to you and saying you're valuable mm-hmm. is not kind of uh, – nice yeah it's very flattering it's flattering it feels good to be wanted to be respected and uh just the act of being recruited is a uh is flattering isn't it feels good okay don't confuse that affirmation that the recruiter is giving you with the fact that there may or may not be a good job on the other side of this so go go in here with some very analytical take your time Really dig in because you you got a good spot, and just because some goober called you off a of LinkedIn or whatever does not mean that you need to leave. And you may be able to develop leadership where opportunities where you are. Well, you should be looking for it. I lo- I love that, Dave, because you know that was that was Robert's response. Hey, it's a leadership opportunity. Well, hey, go sit down with your current leaders and go. Hey, I want to grow here. I love this company. Here's why I love this company, and then say. I know I got to earn it. So, as my leader, what do you think that I need to do? Tell me what I could do to add value, and and let them create a plan for you. And you might find yourself climbing the ladder where you are. And so, uh, 
But but I love that you're kicking the tires. But remember, you're in total control here. You're the one asking the questions. And if it doesn't feel right, trust that feeling. We joke about that feeling, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sharon Ramsey's got a world class feeling that you've mm-hmm. told us about. But you know that neuroscience has actually proven that that is the same thing. That feeling that we have is our brain sending a physical signal to our body. So trust that feeling. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Robert, it occurs to me um, that you're not going to do well in a leadership position until you've learned to lead. And um, I'm going to give you a book recommendation by my friend Seth Godin. Mm. His favorite book he ever wrote is called uh, Lynchpin. Lynchpin, yeah, great. And I would read Lynchpin. And basically, what it amounts to is there's several kinds of leaders. There's leaders that are given a title, and that puts them in charge, which doesn't really make you a leader. It makes you a boss. Then you have the opportunity to lead from that position. But you can lead up. Yes. You can lead around you. You can, you know, by becoming a leadership, John Maxwell says, is influence. Yes. And so become influential. Do things where you're serving, helping, lifting uh, other people. And uh, and create influence. What Dave has just described is, in order to learn how to lead, you got to learn how to follow. And I, I think following well, learning to hey, I'm going to respect the authority, I'm going to serve the authority, I'm going to do all those things that you talked about. By the way, John Maxwell has a book that addresses that. It's called the 360 degree leader. This idea of leading all the way around you through simply being influential and uh, I you know I think learning how to follow and then writing things down hey this is what I appreciate about my current leader this I would probably do differently take notes as a follower take notes so that when you get the opportunity to lead you've got some real life experience I know that when a leader leader did this for me I excelled I know that when a leader did this you know, I didn't I, I can tell you exactly where I was standing at 23 years old the first time I experienced a leader that I knew actually cared about me. That's powerful. I know where I know. I know exactly where I'm standing. Where were you? Who I, was? I, we were, I was working for a, a new home uh, company. I was selling homes and the big boss came in mm-hmm. and we were walking between the models mm. and uh, look at the, we had three model homes and we we're walking between two of the models and we were between the second one and the third one. I can show you the sidewalk. That's that's incredible. And he stopped and turned and started asking questions about me, and you could feel it and see it in his eyes that he actually did care. And I, I, I was blown away because I'd never worked for anybody like that before. That puts this hour of the Ramsey Show in the books. We'll be back with you before you know it. In the meantime, remember, there's ultimately only one way to financial peace, and that's to walk daily with the Prince of Peace, Christ Jesus. Dave here. You can find all of our shows with the Ramsey Network app on your smartphone. It's the only place to listen to the entire back catalog of episodes. Download the Ramsey Network app in your favorite app store today.